This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. Have you looked at the calendar lately? It's July 27th. Boy, summer is just zipping by. Of course, it's kind of hot, but it's a hot summer, but it's zipping by. There are only two more trading days left in July. So you got we got to look sharp. We're going to do everything I can. I'm going to do it with this program, How to Best Improve Your Investment Strategies. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, your financial investment questions will drive today's agenda, as it does every day. It's Friday, and our phone lines are open for you, as always, 888-99-CHART. We're live right now. Now, please allow me to insert a quick reminder here, a message for all our listeners in Northern California. Uh, we had a full house last time I was there recently, and so I'm going to schedule, I've already scheduled another day, as many of you know, uh, for August 29th. I'll be back in San Jose, August 29th. Okay? We can sit down together, look at your portfolio. I can suggest ways for you to make maybe a, some improvements. At least I can tell you I can help you with all types of situations such as maybe you're over-concentrated in certain areas. Maybe you got a lot of overlap. Uh, do you know what that means when I say overlap? There's certain things that yeah, I can help you with on this. And some of you just, uh, you know, are just ignoring your portfolio. You really got to at least look at it and understand what what makes it work. Okay. Now, did you see the GDP numbers out this morning for the second quarter? GDP. Okay, gross domestic product out by the U.S. Commerce Department. They reported every quarter. Then they revise it. You know, so when they come out with their first number, which they did today for the second quarter. They'll revise it two more times at least. And they revised the first quarter for the final time today also, which came in the first quarter was 2.2. Before the final uh, uh, final uh, uh, adjustment, it was 2 for the first quarter. It ended up being 2.2. 4.1 was the first read for the second quarter, though. And that was pretty impressive. Pretty impressive for second quarter of 2018. I'm going to talk about it, break it down for you on the KPP newsletter later on. Uh, I'll mention some of the highlights. But first, we're going to go to our, dyna- our, our dynamic and always refreshing collection of your incoming questions that we recorded earlier. Our anytime listener line is always the same, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. Uh, Daryl from New Hampshire. Love the show. Think it provides some good insight. I had a question about the Facebook 20% fall. Wondering, I think I'm exposed to Facebook in a couple of mutual funds, mutual funds that are Schwab, that are probably managed by uh, somebody. I'm wondering, what would be the next step a manager would take with that? Would they sit and hold? Would they buy more? Or would they bail? Just kind of curious. I'm in it for the long term, so I don't really much uh, care. Just keep throwing money into it. But I'm just curious because it is an interesting event that happened. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. 
most money managers and mutual funds would buy and hold. They wouldn't necessarily react to a one-day event. Uh, matter of fact, I doubt if they would react to a one-day event. If they were smart, they would be careful about the holdings they have of the FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Because most managers like to have those in their portfolios just so they can show that they have the winners. But the problem with that is they are the winners. They have been the winners, and they might be getting over-concentrated. Uh, and you really need to take a look at your holdings and find out what are the top holdings in each of your funds and see how much you actually have of those big fang stocks. That would be very important for you to know. You don't want to over-own anything just like you don't want to under-own things. So just be careful. I, I'm concerned about the fang stocks. They've done so well. So they're making me nervous now. Doesn't mean they can't do more, continue to do well. They can. But I noticed almost every one of them were down today, and that's why they, the NASDAQ index was down 114 points. It was all due to the FANG stocks. Thank you very much. Twitter, of course, went down 20% today, just like uh, Facebook went down 20% yesterday. But Twitter is only a $25 billion company. That's a big cap company, but it's not in the hundreds of billions of dollars like the FANG stocks are. I mean, think about Facebook. You know, Twitter's $25 billion. Facebook, after the fall, is $506 billion market cap size. So, you know, Facebook. Apple. Uh, Apple is, uh, is a $938 billion. Uh, <laughs> you know, these are huge. So we've got to be careful. Don't want to overown them. I'm going to touch on a few highlights from our Friday newsletter. It goes out every day, every Friday, um, a little bit later in the show, because there was some very good news out about our economy, as we know, GDP leading the way. Um, the United States Department of Commerce reports that, you know, every quarter. So the economy is doing better. So should you expect you should you expect your portfolios to do better? Well, we'll take a look at that. You know what the definition of GDP is? A lot of people think they know. Well, it's gross domestic product. That's what we do in our economy. Well, what does it represent, though? What does it mean? It represents all goods and services produced over a specific period, usually a quarter. You know, it's usually reported on a quarterly basis. All goods and services produced. Now, do you know why... The trade deficit is so important to the GDP. If you paid attention, the GDP was up 4.1% today. Did you know about 1% of that was because of the trade deficit went down? And remember, the, the trade. what happens is if we import more than we export, the difference is deducted from all goods and services produced in our country because... We're buying other people's goods and services, not our own. So you have to kind of understand how important GDP. That's why you can see more GDP growth coming if the trade deficit goes down. Because it's very supportive of our own economy. Interesting, isn't it? 
So some economists expect the so-called trade war between the U.S. and China to, to calm down further. And personal consumption would need to keep up at an impressive pace, you know, for that for us to have better GDP. We need a good economy and the trade war to end and have a fairer trade. And we could still continue with a pretty high GDP number. I don't know. It may be peaking. might be a peak at 4.1% today. That could be the peak. Don't know. Now, you don't have to figure this out all by yourself. Justin and I are already are ready, willing, and able to help you focus on your portfolio and to apply the smartest strategies available. And it's with regard to your specific situation, not just, okay, here's strategy A, B, or C for you. No, based on what you want, what you need. So please be, feel free to give us a call, send us a message. You can send me an email, go to contact us page on investtalk.com. You can do any of those things and get in touch with me. Our number right now to ask live questions, 888-99-CHART. Now, what's our featured talking point today? When only one spouse retires, you need a plan to live on a single paycheck. I'm going to talk about that. How to prepare for a spouse's retirement. Now, some of the other topics I want to talk about. We'll go a little bit deeper into the GDP thing. Um, I want to talk about some warning signs that you should watch for. To the warning signs about our economy that you should watch for. I got several of them that are little red flags. I'm going to talk about one that I see already waving a red flag. But then briefly, because I've talked about it before. And I want to talk about value versus growth stocks. Growth stocks has been beating value stocks Four out of the last five years, if they beat again this year, and they are ahead this year, growth is, growth stocks are. And I've been pounding the desk by value. Why? Because growth has been working so well for so long, I am thinking it's probably time to rotate to value. And I'm seeing that, and well, I will get into it more. We'll get into it more. Uh, that's going to be one of our talking points. Now, the market was down today. The Dow was down 76 points. The NASDAQ took it on the chin at 140, 114 points. And the SP was down 19. Every one of the FANG stocks was down today. That's why it's 114 points down on the NASDAQ. The FANG stocks, it is amazing how much influence FANG, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. How much influence they have on the entire index. We might get into that a little bit today if we have some time. Now, I touched early on the July is almost over. And summer's got one more solid month left, August, before the hectic pace of back to school, back to work takes over, everybody coming off vacations, and getting your kids ready for school and all that stuff. So why not take some time over the weekend to you know, maybe explore your investor resources or what your 4YK is doing? Come on, you're not going to have a lot of time. So that might want to do that. But now I invite you to call me with your questions, 888-99-CHART. It's a Friday Invest Talk. July is all but over, only two more trading days this month. Have you subscribed to the Invest Talk podcast? 
at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play? If not, please do so. Then listen, rate, and review. This helps us improve our Invest Talk programming. But now, Steve's here, and he's taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go talk to Cherie. How you doing, Cherie in San Mateo? I'm doing good, Steve. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I have a question on uh, um, uh, stock uh, Ford, symbol F. Uh Uh-huh. So it went to single digits today. So I was wondering, is it a best time to buy it now? Or uh, what what is your take on it? Well, it certainly is at this point a value play um, because it has gone to single digits, which means that the P.E. ratio now is very, very low. Uh, it's going to make a dollar forty-four next year, and it's a nine dollars and ninety-three cents stock. Car company stocks are always low priced, though. They're always kind of cheap. For instance, their their five-year range PE for Ford is five to fourteen. It's not very big. They have a very good return on equity at twenty-two percent, but sales have been kind of suffering recently. Uh, recent quarter, the sales were down two percent when they were up seven percent the quarter before that. And earnings have gone from like a dollar ninety-three in two thousand fifteen to a dollar seventy-six in two thousand sixteen. This is per share. In two thousand seventeen, a dollar seventy-eight. Then this year it's going to be a dollar forty-two, and next year a dollar forty-four. So that's why you're seeing it's weak, Cherie, because you know the earnings aren't that great, sales are not that great, and so therefore stocks cheap. How? Looking at a chart. It's gone down to this level four times. This is the fourth time this in the last 12 months. And each time it has done that, it has bounced back up to the $11 area. 11 to 12. So this might be a good buy okay. point. Okay, it pays yeah. a good dividend of right, 6%. So appreciate the call. Thank you. Ford, symbol F, everybody. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and heading into this break, I want to remind you that Invest Talk is heard live each weekday at four to five, four to five Pacific time, on radio, also live on the internet, streaming through InvestTalk.com. So please tell your friends and family members to tune in. I appreciate it. We welcome your questions and any queries, questions at eight 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 ninety nine chart. If there is ever a moment when you question how well your portfolio is doing or should have been doing, make time to look into the various investment strategy programs available to clients of KPP Financial. Head over to investtalk.com, roll over the InvestTalk Programs menu link, and read about them. Choose dynamic growth, disciplined equity, maybe balanced income. Or you can read about the Active 401k program. It's all there now, waiting for you. And right now, we're taking your financial investment questions live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to Mike. Uh, how you doing? Mike in San Jose. Good, thank you, Steve. I was wondering if you can look at soda, the symbol is S-O-D-A, and see what do you think about the stock, please? Okay, that's SodaStream International, everybody. Uh, Israeli manufacturer of home beverage combination. I bet you most of you didn't know it was from Israel, did you? Of home-based carbonation systems, which transforms tap water 
into soft drinks, soda stream. It was very popular a few years ago. Uh, their earnings are pretty strong. Uh, and the sales are pretty, the growth of sales has been pretty strong. 25% in the March quarter, 20% in the quarter before that, 13% in the quarter before that, 10%. And earnings are going to be estimated to be $4.13 next year, $3.58 this year. And that this year's is up 8% from last year. So up 8% this year, up 16%. So the stock has risen because of this kind of information. I mean, it's positive. And since April, it's kind of been tailing off slowly. Uh, and from going from like $97 down to like $88.50 or so. And that, it's at $88.53 today. So what is it worth? Is it worth that much money? Well, $4.13 growing at, you know, sales at 20-25%. So maybe it gets to 20 PE. Okay, well, that means the stock's worth 60 bucks. See, it's kind of expensive. That's your problem. Five-year range is 10 to 33, and it's at 26 right now. So that's expensive. The stock is solid. Return on equity is 17%. They don't have a lot of debt. The, you know, management owns 5%. Mutual funds are buyers. The, the numbers are really good. It's just a bit pricey. That's all. Now, will it, you know, it's been trading kind of down to sideways. It's holding 8250 It kind of in a range of 8250 to 90 bucks in the last two, three months. So this looks like a, a support area. I, I might give it a little bit more time. Um, but it's a good solid company. If you bought it and it, you have it in your portfolio, I would leave it alone. If you're looking to buy it, I might wait for a better opportunity. Yes, Appreciate the call, Mike. Thank you. On August before the market uh -huh. opened, August first. So I was trying to see uh -huh. if maybe you could get a little pop so I can get out. Ah, well, it's always t it's. Uh, uh, there's the old buy the rumor, sell the news kind of on the earnings. So. You know, if you if the earnings come in as expected, the stock will probably go down, not up. Usually, if the earnings are good, the stock will rise prior to the actual announcement. So, and it's gone up two or three days in a row down today, but the market was down today. I would suspect the earnings are going to be good, but I don't know if it would do much to move the stock price up. If you're going to sell it, I'd probably sell it before the earnings announcement. Good luck. Of course, I could be wrong, and they could have a huge surprise on the upside. Then, you know, <laughs> who am I to talk? I'm just saying, generally, it's uh, earnings. If they're going to be good, people know about it, and they usually bid it up. They're not supposed to know about it, but, yeah, they do. 888-99 chart, everybody. Love to talk to you. How to prepare if one, of the, one spouse is retiring, the other isn't. Well, of course, that means you used to have two. It used to be a two-income family. Now you're a one-income family. So that is a huge change, and that means you're going to, have to make a new budget. You're going to, have to redo your budget. When some one spouse retires, you really need to prepare for that beforehand. But sometimes you can't. Regardless, you have to make a new budget when that happens. You got to have a plan. How are you going to live on the money now that his salary has been cut in half? The income to the household has been cut in half. 
And another thing to think about is when one spouse retires and the other doesn't, there could be resentment. Could be resentment. You've got to consider your relationship when one person retires and the other doesn't. So think about that. Do something. Do something to prepare yourselves. Talk about it. And then make sure, you know, before you really retire, you should talk about Social Security and what age are you and when you're going to collect it and how much is it going to be. Social Security will tell you all that. And so you got to you got to have that part of the formula. You just got to sit down and do the budget. How much income is going to come in? And how much outgo do we have? And what do we have to change? And don't forget about health insurance. If the spouse retiring is the one that's providing health insurance to the household, and how insurance for can be very expensive. So you know, got to consider that too. Okay. Monday on the best talk. Surefire ways to make it impossible to sell your house. Surefire ways to make it impossible to sell your house. There are certain do's and don'ts sellers need to keep in mind when placing their home on the market. Justin will explain it. That's on Monday. For now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'd love to talk to you. Give me a call. 888-99-CHART. We thank you for subscribing to our podcast. You can join our Invest Talk insiders and gain access to our library of webinars like Seeing the Cycles, How to Recognize and Harness the Power of Market Cycles. Hidden in the continuous stream of numbers are cyclical occurrences, which help us anticipate both opportunity and risk. It's a free benefit for our InvestTalk listeners. Just click on the InvestTalk tab on InvestTalk.com. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, where their Stable Income Investment Program creates a stable income strategy that provides clients an opportunity to invest in quality fixed income securities with an emphasis on safety of principal and income optimization. Learn more about it anytime at InvestTalk.com. Do you want to speak with Steve right now? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Jason in Sunnyville. How are you doing, Jason? Good. Thanks for taking my call, Steve. Um, I got a question on uh, Costco, C-O-S-T. I like to uh, get in. Uh, just not sure when. I um, want to go in for the, the long run. So um, what are your thoughts? I wouldn't buy it now. It's too expensive. Uh, I love Costco. Costco, wholesale, corporation, everybody, COST, cost is their symbol. They have 715 wholesale membership warehouses in U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, US, United Kingdom, Mexico, Australia, Spain, Japan. Yeah. Their earnings are consistently growing. Their profits are very good. Their margins are good. Return equity is very good at 22 percent everything is really good about costco jason and that's why the stock keeps marching up okay it had a little weakness at the beginning of the year uh fell from oh, a 200 down to about 185 and from that point in april it just marched up to 219 now uh the p ratio is like 34 that's where your problem is 
Current PAA ratio is right at the top of its range. The range is 22 to 34 in the last five years, so it has a pretty high range. So if you took 22 times $7.72, okay, you're looking at 14, 7, uh, you know, what, 180 or so? See, so, uh, and it's a $219 stock. So no matter how you do it, it's expensive, Jason. So if you're going to buy it, I would wait for a market weakness, a market pullback that will pull everything down, and then I jump into it at that point. I would love to see you buy it like at 189 to 190, but I, I don't. I, 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 that might be hard to get to, <laughs> even in a market weakness. But that would be I, an ideal price. Okay, Jason Costco, okay. everybody. C O S T. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Okay, well, you know the GDP number came in. It came in at 4.1%. A, uh, a lot of experts were calling for just about 4.1%, maybe 4.2% for the second quarter. And they raised the first quarters to from 2% to 2.2%. So this means that we're on track for over 3% GDP for the year. It, of course, depends on the second the third quarter and the fourth quarter but generally um, the first quarter is weak the second quarter is strong and the third and fourth quarter should be pretty decent this is significantly better than we've had in a number of years okay um, but the question I have for everybody is are we topping is this a top 4.1% or, should, or are we, should we expect higher I don't think we will and you know why I'm saying that and why I have doubts? Because it's all going to be, it's all going to depend on, on the, the trade disputes. Now, you know, this week, the EU and the U.S. kind of worked out their, their differences, at least tentatively. And if we reduce our trade deficit, like President Trump wants to do, then that all that will go to GDP. Okay? Because you don't, we we deduct uh, our trade um, deficit from GDP every quarter. So if we if we buy more stuff than we sell, which we've been doing for years and years and years, that pulls down the GDP. So if that improves, not that it, it doesn't even have to go to zero. I'm just talking about cut it in half or cut it by a third. Every, whatever the improvement is will go to GDP. So it's hard to know that how much impact that will have if we get the deal with the eu and now we're i saw today that the talks with nafta about nafta is, is getting close to a deal so these things will be very helpful for the gdp so i don't know if we are at peak of 4.1 i do think we're going to be in three plus range at least for the next two quarters and that means we'll have we'll revert to our long-term average of three percent GDP growth annually, and we have not had that since Bush, even before Bush, if I remember right. So it's been that long since we've had that annual average. Um, so that's really, yeah, not too bad. Another detriment that might slow down our GDP growth will be the Federal Reserve and their intention of raising the rates. And they'll probably raise the rates 
twice, because they've hinted that they would, and it probably won't come in the next meeting, but it'll come in maybe the September and the December meetings. The GDP number out today kind of ensures that they're going to raise rates. It, you know, kind of gives a, a, a much more uh, definite spin on that outcome. Okay? As you might know, every Friday I distribute the KPP Financial Premium Newsletter. Here are a few highlights. There was a flood of earnings reports and economic data released this week. That's how I started it off. And even the peace offering with the EU and the U.S. on trade. That all came out this week. And, of course, the shocker was Facebook, which stated that growth was going forward was going to be slower. Still very strong growth, everybody. But that statement slammed the stock. They lost $120 billion off the market cap. Remember I said Twitter, what Twitter's market cap? So Facebook, Facebook, T-W-T-R, Facebook lost $120 billion off the market cap, and Twitter's complete total market cap is $25 billion. I know it's hard to understand how big those FANG stocks are and how they push around the indexes. They're huge. Anyways, I talked about that just briefly. Now, on a less optimistic note, existing and new home sales reports came out this week for June, and they fell. Existing home sales fell for the third month in a row. Hmm, that's not good news. Does three months make a trend? I think it does. Now, of course, experts are blaming lack of inventory, but still weak. Weak is weak. I don't care what you want to blame it on. It was weak. So, that, are we, that, to me, that's the first little red flag. Housing. The first little red flag that is flying right now. Housing market. Anyway, that was uh, what was in the premium newsletter. So, if you want to subscribe, it's pretty easy. All you do is go to investtalk.com and sign up. If you live anywhere in Northern California and you missed your opportunity to sit down with Steve Peasley for one-on-one -on -one portfolio reviews, there will be a second chance. Yes, Steve is returning to San Jose on August 29th. Appointments are free of charge, but they fill up quickly. In all probability, Steve can help you fine-tune your portfolio so that it produces improved results. So why wait? Register now through investtalk.com. Steve is here, the phone lines are open, and he's taking your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, just a quick question. Wanted to get your opinion on Sears and Kmart, uh, stock ticker SHLD. I know they've fallen a long way, and there's good reason to, but do you see this company as a good turnaround play? As a speculative turnaround play, I assume. Um, yeah, just want your thoughts and opinions on that. Thanks. No. Don't even think about it. Sears, symbol SHLD, Sears Holding, is selling for $1.91. Sears has been falling forever. 2012, the high was $69 a share. 2013, the high at 54, 2014, 48, 2015, 46, the high in 2016 was 20, 2017, the high at 14, and the high this year so far, 4. What's the stock now? $1.91. Because 
Sales are falling 30% or more every quarter. Earnings, there's none. They don't make any money. It's not going to turn around. I think they're heading for bankruptcy. The only thing keeping them alive, the only thing, they still have stores, as you know, is the real estate. They own a bunch of real estate, and it's valuable. I would not. Don't expect them to turn around. Don't put any money in it. Uh, I think it would be money wasted. There are so many better stocks that have turnaround potentials than Sears. Okay? So don't. 888-99-CHART. Okay. Warning signs. Now, I just warning signs for the economies and what you should watch for. There's only one that I see out there waving right now, and that's the housing. I mentioned that before. The housing, to me, three months in a row with existing home sales reports gone down. That's a trend. It makes me worried. I'm, and I, the Federal Reserve is on track to raise rates two more times this year. That tends to put rate pressure up on mortgages. And the prices of houses have gotten to a point where, you know, we're pro they're pricing out some of the new home buyers. They can't afford it. There's those kind of things going on. The other, there's three, three or four other things you can watch that will make you, that tells me that the economy is starting to shrink. We don't have any. These are just potentials. They're not, they're not, there's no red flag waving on these others, just the housing. One is the inverted yield curve. That's where the two-year Treasury, U.S. Treasury yield, you know, the money they pay, exceeds the 10-year Treasury. Whenever that's happened in the past, the recession is, you're in a recession or one is coming very soon. The widening of high-yield spread. Okay. You know what junk bonds are. Those are poor-quality corporate bonds. Okay. Junk bonds. When and, and we're talking here the widening of the high-yield spread, meaning the widening of yields from junk bonds to treasuries. U.S. government. Remember, the U.S. government treasuries are no risk, and junk bonds are high risk. So, when bond investors start to get very nervous, they'll drive up the yields on the junk bonds. So when its spread is increasing, that is a warning sign. Okay? And we haven't really seen much of that a little bit in just recent weeks, but we'll see. Spiking of volatility. Now, we've been very calm. The volatility has not been very high lately, even though NASDAQ is 114 points today and then 80 points yesterday. It's kind of on the high side. But the Dow is only uh, down 76 points, and it was actually up yesterday. See, so we're not seeing volatility. Remember February when the market crashed? You remember the volatility we had? And that, that kind of was a precursor to that. A week or two, the market was going up and down, big swings, big swings in the market. Then the market had a 10% correction. That's the volatility we're looking at, where the Dow goes up two, three, four hundred points and down two, three hundred points. More volatility, spiking volatility up and down is usually a red flag. And then, of course, take a look at the volatility index. And if it keeps if it rises above 20 and keeps going up, that's a that's a warning sign increasing VIX. 
What is the VIX at today? Why don't we take a quick look at that? And the symbol for that is dollar sign VIX. Okay, today the VIX is at uh, 1303. Had a good swing up and down today. Got up to 1435, then back down. So we're not seeing any spike in the VIX. Take a look at the VIX in February. It got up to about, intraday, it got up to 47. On a close, it got up to about 37. That's the spike I'm talking about. A spike like that, you know, is a big warning sign. So when the VIX starts to spike, you got to, that's a little red flag. Problem is, is when it spikes, sometimes it's too late to do anything about, about it. You can't really, you can't really be that quick. Because it could be spiking today and the market falling today, or spiking today and tomorrow and the market falling tomorrow. It's hard to, you know, that you want to look for red flags and, and, and that you can kind of anticipate. And the yield spread is good because you can start seeing that happening weeks, sometimes months before you see a recession. But so you can see it happening. And so that's what you watch for. Those are some of the things you watch for. Not all the things, but some of the things. You know, it is almost impossible to know, ex know when a recession is going to happen. I can tell you with a fair amount of confidence, probably late 2019 or 2020, especially if the Fed continues to raise rates. I think that we'll see a recession now, how bad, how long, exactly when it starts, I don't know. It could be 2021. No one can predict these things. You can only know, this is how we know that it probably will happen. We have been very long, very long in a bull market and a growing economy. It's been very long. Usually, it's getting so long that it's due for a correction. It might be very small. Our Friday Invest Talk is quickly headed toward the finish line. As you know, it goes by really fast. But we've still got about 10 minutes. 10 minutes. So if you want to get in, you can. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. On the next Invest Talk, the surefire ways to make it impossible to sell your house. You should know about the various do's and don'ts. That's Monday. But now, a Friday Invest Talk continues driven by your questions. Steve's here, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hello, guys. This is Mike Kasim. I'm calling from Tucson, Arizona, land of cactus. The couple questions that I have is I've been following two indicators for the NASDAQ. Uh, one of them is the simple is dollar sign NAMO. That will be Nancy Alpha Mike October. And basically it's called the McClellan Oscillator. And the other one that I've been also following is called the NASDAQ McClellan Summation Index. That will be dollar sign November Alpha Sierra India. I find him to be pretty accurate in, I mean, so far I've been at this for the last 20 plus years, 21 years to be exact. And from all my finding, I find these the most telling for when the NASDAQ 
basically goes up or down or when it's about to make a turn or basically the trend of the NASDAQ or the NASDAQ 100 to be exact. So I appreciate if you will give me uh, some information on the difference between the two of them. Uh, that's about it. If you have anything else to add, that would be wonderful. And I thank you guys for everything you do. Bye-bye. Now, these two uh, indicators are pretty sophisticated, the McClellan Oscillator and the McClellan uh, 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 Summation Index. Uh, they're I don't know if I can explain that, what, how, what they are in the short period of time we have. If you really want to know how they work, go to Investopedia and they'll give you a, a definition. But the oscillators is just trying to determine, in simple terms, uh, when the market is, is, is uh, volatile and moving in a particular direction. If you look at it, you'll see a lot of false moves. Now, I like it. I use the oscillator quite a bit, McKellen oscillator, and I think it's signaling us uh, 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 something not so pleasant coming. But it's very difficult to know when that will happen. For instance, the oscillator peaked in March, uh, and it bottomed in February after the correction, then peaked in March, and ever since then, it's been oscillating up and down, and there had a spike down in June, uh, and the high they've had lower highs ever since that peak back in March, telling me that the oscillator is not looking good, and it's starting to move down again. But I don't know if you could use it to try and figure out where the market's going to go. I'm just not convinced. Uh, any one indicator can tell you these things. I use a number of them, and even then, it's difficult. So the McLennan also has been around a while. A guy named McLennan came up with it, but I'm not conv convinced that any one indicator is that useful. Let's go to Chris in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris? Good, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Oh, um, just want to see your, uh, I, I own shares of Alibaba, and they made a little bit of pullback recently. What do you think of adding more shares? Alibaba. Okay, everybody, this is uh, Alibaba, symbol B-A-B-A. -A. Alibaba Group is the Chinese Hong Kong company, provides global online mobile retail marketplace via Tobio.com, tmall.com and other sites. It's a $494 billion company. Very large. Okay, so it is like uh, the Amazon, I think. Yeah, the Amazon of, uh, of China. Uh, they have very strong earnings. Uh, they recently fell from two, $210 a share down to about $180. 483 and today they're selling at 189 uh, so this could be a place to pick it up because this is right above the 200 day moving average and that seems to be where support is uh, so if you wanted to be in Alibaba and you wanted to be a buyer of it uh, this could be the spot but it's not a cheap stock PE is around 35 going forward but it you know, sales growth is 60-70% in the last two quarters. So, it's very, very strong company. 
though. This might be the place to pick it up if you want some more. Appreciate the call. That's it for the Busy Friday Invest Talk, everybody. If you want to replay any or all of today's program, just go to the podcast page at investtalk.com. You can do it. Thanks for listening today. And please come back on Monday. I'm Steve Peasley, and have a good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for listeners to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are principals of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, which retains all rights.